Good morning, class. Good morning, Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. What happens in Faith School? My spirit is fed. My faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Is that what's happening to you? We're being nourished up in the words of faith. And we're waxing stronger, not, not staying where we are, not getting weaker, but getting stronger. And the stronger you get, you're, the way you see things changes. Instead of everything seeming, seeming so big and too hard and impossible, it seems reachable and doable. Hallelujah. Because with God's help, all things are possible. Get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come on into the classroom, turn everything else off, and let's receive today. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking for utterance, asking for revelation, asking for direction and help and answers for right now. And for everybody that had to have eyes and ears and hearts that can see, see it and hear it and understand it. And be quickened by it. Uh, quicken your servants, Lord, your children, according to your word. Hallelujah. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look, please, in Hebrews, the third chapter, Hebrews chapter 3. We've been continuing in our study, we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. He said in Hebrews 3 and 7, Wherefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you'll hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. So you can see so clearly. Some people act like, well, you know, uh, God just does what he wants to. And, and whether you like it or not, if he wants you to do it, you're going to do it. That's not what this describes. If you will hear. Right? Well, that means you may, you may not. Whose choice is it? If you will hear, harden not your heart. Who's in charge of that? Us. See, it's not that God is controlling everything and everybody. That's just not true. That's just not how it is. He goes on to say, I was, verse 10, I was grieved with that generation and said they always err in their heart. They've not known my ways. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. He said, don't let that happen to you. And he keeps on saying, uh, don't harden your heart. Harden not your hearts. Don't harden your heart like they did. We've mentioned in times past that when you or I realize that we've missed it, that we've done something wrong, we've made a mistake. Well, you're at a fork in the road now. You got a choice. When you see the truth of it, when you see the light of it, you'll either acknowledge it, admit that that's true, that you did, 
and humble yourself and repent. Hmm? Right. Or you'll do something else. You'll reject it. You'll make excuses, blame somebody else. You'll harden yourself and resist. Can you see the choice there? Humble yourself and repent. Harden yourself and resist. The humble get grace. They get help. They get mercy. The proud get nothing. No help. No grace. And they actually get resisted. Oh friend. That means you're without God's help. Not because he's written you off, but because you decided to disagree with him. You saw truth. He is truth. And if you don't want truth, if you don't like the truth, what else is there to believe? Huh? If you reject truth, you see the truth, but you don't like it. It makes you look bad. <laughs> and if you think I don't like this I don't want this I don't want this to be so the enemy will immediately come and say well I got some other choices right here right. you know <laughs> what are they lies lies if you're not going to believe the truth there's nothing else to believe but lies lies but lies won't set you free Lies put you in bondage. Lies lead you to destruction. And the truth will make you free. Can you say thank God? Look in 2 Peter. We've been looking at this this week. 2 Peter, the um, third chapter. It talks about how that uh, individuals had been mocking God and mocking the prophecies and saying, you know, everything stay is, is the same, like it's been for, you know, century after century. And what they're saying is there, there's no resurrection coming. There's, Jesus is not coming back. And there's even people that say, well, Jesus never even raised from the dead. I mean, uh, all this kind of junk. But the scripture says you need to realize this. Don't be ignorant. Verse 8 <laughs> 2 Peter 3.8, don't be ignorant of this. One day with the Lord is a thousand, like a thousand years. And a thousand years is one day. So what would a hundred years be? Somebody said, well, it's been, what, two thousand some years? You mean two days? Two days. Huh? Then how's God running behind? It ain't been half a week yet. Is that right? <laughs> It's us who are such preemie babies, been alive this long <laughs> and, and know that much. But God's right. And if he says it, that's one of the most amazing things to me about him is his, his patience. It is outstanding. I mean, your patience is done and gone and his has barely be gone. And you better be thankful too. Right? Because he's that way with everybody. With you and with me. And he will say something. And declare it. And it will it'll look like there's no way that could ever happen. 
and centuries pass and kingdoms rise and kingdoms fall and it looks like that'll never happen. And sure enough, a thousand years later, huh? It comes to pass exactly the way he said it would centuries ago or millennia ago. At some point, we should start believing him. Is that right? And trusting him. And that's one of the things, if you're if you're an honest person and you'll you'll look at it with an open heart and mind, should convince you about the verity. Uh, and the inspiration of the Bible is the prophecies that were spoken and, and gave graphic detail of things that would happen thousands of years before they happened. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And how, I, I don't mean one or two, I don't mean 20. There are hundreds and thousands of these cases in this book yes. where it was foretold, and it was declared and decreed, and some of them have already come to pass. You can see them, and some of them haven't yet, but they will. Yes, Somebody say, they will. they will. Yes, they will. You know, if 800 of them came to pass, why wouldn't you think the rest of them would come to pass? Right? You got no reason to think they're not going to come to pass. <laughs> it says, uh, verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness, but he is long suffering to usward. Thank God. Mm. Aren't you glad with you? I don't know about your personal case, but I didn't receive Jesus the first time I heard the gospel, even as a boy. Hmm? I, didn't, I didn't jump on the call of God as quick as I could have or should have it. It took me a while to get settled and get it sorted. And aren't you glad that the Lord didn't give you an opportunity and, and then maybe one more and go, that's it. I am done with them. You know, twice is enough. Twice enough for anybody. <laughs> aren't you glad? I mean, some of us, you're talking 20, 30 times, 100 times. Is that right? 300 times, right? Sometimes you're talking about he dealt with you for 10 years, 15 years, 25 years. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Truly, his mercy endures. Doesn't it? Truly, it does. It does. He is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I want you to say that out loud. God, God is, not willing, is not willing that any should perish, any should perish but, that but that all should come to repentance. So don't let anybody tell you or convince you that destruction is of God and that people perishing. And being destroyed, being consumed, whether it's eternally, spiritually, physically, mentally, physically, whatever, destruction, loss, perishing is not God's will for anybody. Right. Am I reading scripture? Yes, sir. He's not willing 
that any should perish. Jesus reaffirmed that in the Gospels when he said, uh, I'm not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus is the Savior. Right? Not the destroyer. That's the devil. That's the evil. Jesus is not the destroyer. God's not the destroyer. He is the Savior. The Redeemer. And the key to getting it, the key to you being saved when people around you perish What would be the difference? You repented and they didn't. You were willing to. You were willing to humble yourself and repent. You were willing to acknowledge the truth even when it showed you in a bad light that you had come short of it. You were willing to acknowledge the truth and you were willing to change. Hmm? All of us have made mistakes. Why would, we, why would it be such a horrendous thing in our mind to have to admit that we missed it? Right? Why should we choke on our pride and go, well, you've missed it too, and, and, and they wouldn't help me. And <laughs> yeah, but we ain't talking about them. This is you. Do you want to perish? Or do you want help? Do you want mercy? Do you want grace? Well, then you better bend a knee. Is that right? Yes. And go, God, I messed up. Yes. I'm so, admit the truth. Yes. Confess the truth. Acknowledge the truth. God's right. You're right about it. I was wrong. You told me I wouldn't listen. You told me to do it, but I didn't do it. But have mercy. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Have mercy. Yes. I repent. And oh, friend, God gives grace yes. to the humble. And with enough of His grace, you can come out of anything. Is that right? With enough of His grace, you can overcome sins and failures that other people would write you off and think there's no way they'll ever make it now. Uh-uh. With the grace of God, you can make it anyway and surpass them. Why? Because He won't even remember your sins and iniquities anymore. He won't hold them against you. If, somebody say if. If, if what? If you'll repent. Uh, go, to, go with me to Revelation, please, the second chapter. The problem we're talking about with unbelief is that it was unpersuadable. It was unteachable, uncorrectable, unwilling to repent and change. And that's why they didn't go into the promised land. They died out there in the desert, wandered around for 40 years, so despondent, so discouraged, so defeated, never was that God's will. They perished in the wilderness. Was that the will of God? No, because no, it's not His will. Right? Do you see why I say, get that verse in you? Let it be a pillar in you? Why? It'll protect you. Because the enemy's real crafty, he's real subtle in his reasonings and always trying to get you to attribute some kind of evil to God. Something, you know, that's his favorite thing is to pull off some kind of destruction and then blame God. But we're not ignorant of his devices. We know better. In Revelation, the second chapter, he said, verse four, for instance, he writing to this church at Ephesus, he said, 
I have somewhat against you because you've left your first love. So have they gotten off? Now this is a New Testament church. This is part of the same new covenant we're part of today. The church at Ephesus. And he said, remember, therefore, from whence you are fallen and repent. And do the first works. Get back to where, where you were. Do the, same, do the things you were doing. Or else I'll come to you quickly and remove your candlestick out of his place. Except. <laughs> don't you like that? Yeah. Except you repent. Don't you think that's wonderful? Yeah. Is, the, is it hopeless that they're going to lose their church and lose their, No, no. You got off. Huh? You got cold. You backslid some. You've been going the wrong way. That ain't the end. It's not just what you did. It's what you do last. Is that right? It's what you do in the end. What you do finally. And so he's saying, repent. Repent and get back to what you're doing. Or else, in other words, if you don't repent now, then uh, you can lose your, your place. You can lose your light. Your candlestick that was the church. Except. You, but if you'll repent. <laughs> can you see he keeps coming back to that? He said, repent. And if you don't. But if you will. <laughs> is he wanting them to repent? Come on, can you see? Is he wanting you to? Oh. He's just, he's like, come on, work with me. <laughs> Is that right? You know, do not take sides against me. That never ends well. Do not puff your little chest out and get in my face and tell me what you're not going to do. He has seen it so many times. He's like, if, if you don't, it's going to go wrong. Unless you repent then it's going to be good again. Now, skip down, if you would, to verse 14 of this same chapter. He said, I have a few things against you because you have there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols. And you got, you got those things. Verse 16, repent or else I'll come against you quickly and fight with them with the sword of my mouth. Everybody say repent. 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 If you skip on down to uh, verse 20, he says it again. This is the church at Thyatira. I have a few things against you because you suffer that woman Jezebel, which calls herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and eat things sacrificed to idols. And I gave her space to what? Repent. Repent of her fornication. And she what? She wouldn't do it. I gave her opportunity. Now hold on. Now who are we talking about? <laughs> now surely Jezebel can't be saved. <laughs> I mean, people have come up with all kind of doctrines about Jezebel this and Jezebel that and the spirit of Jezebel. I find no spirit of Jezebel in the Bible. But this person, on this particular case he's talking about, is obviously wrong and leading people wrong and into sin. But is she beyond salvation? 
Huh? Is there no opportunity for her to be okay? No, he said, he said, I gave her space to repent and she repented not. He said, I will cast her into a bed and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation. What? Except, <laughs> come on, can you see that or not? Except they repent of their deeds. Except they repent. There's always that at the end. Huh? Even when God is pronouncing judgment and he's saying, look, this is going to happen and this is going to be destroyed. And this he's not saying, I want that to happen. He's not saying, I'm looking forward to that. He's saying, you have gotten yourself in this position and this is what's going to happen unless... Except you repent. Oh, don't you like that? Even Jezebel (laughs) could have averted and avoided being destroyed if she would repent. And he said, did you notice? He said, I gave her space to repent. What is that? That's not just a moment. That's That's a passage of time. I don't know if it was months or years Knowing the mercy of God, probably years. I gave her space. What does that mean? Time and opportunity. She could have repented any day, any night of these past, I don't know, 10, 15, 20, whatever years. And he said she wouldn't do it. She would not. Isn't that why the Israelites died in the wilderness? Right? Hardening themselves and they would not. I don't know if you read about it or not, but uh, in uh, uh, the Kings, concerning King Manasseh, he was perhaps the most evil king of all of the kings of of Israel and Judah. And uh, he adopted all the uh, devilish ways of the idolaters around them. They burned babies in the fire alive to false gods. They did reprehensible, unimaginable stuff. And the Lord sent a man of God to him and warned him and declared the judgments that were coming on him and on the kingdom. And the Bible said he repented in, in, in sackcloth and ashes he, he got on the floor before God and he repented and said, I'm sorry. And, and the, the Lord sent the man of God back to him and said, okay, it won't happen in your time. Wow. What? Yeah. What? I mean, if you'd have been looking at that and thinking, the man burned babies, okay, he's got to die. <laughs> you would. But God is so merciful. Is that right? Yeah. To me, it's such an example of you think, surely not. Surely not. He's not just going to forgive him and say, okay, judgment won't come after all he's done. But that's exactly what happened yeah. because Manasseh actually repented. He really did. He fell on his face and he asked God to have mercy on him and he was willing to change. Hallelujah. The most evil of the evil can be saved. Huh? Jezebel can be saved. Manasseh 
can be forgiven. People you wouldn't want to forgive. Huh? People you think don't deserve to draw another breath. But God, in his infinite wisdom and in his mercy that just endures. Is it true? He is rich in mercy unto all that call on him. Is it true? He's long-suffering beyond anything you would ask him to ever be or do. Is it true that his mercy endures forever? But what if you won't ask? What if you won't repent? What if you harden yourself and stiffen your neck? What if you raise your voice and your fist? I don't need God. You blame God. Well, you're going down. You are then now in this world, this evil, death-filled, curse-filled place without God and without hope. I'm so glad I'm not on my own down here. How about you? I'm so glad I'm not by myself. He said, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Hallelujah. He's with us. His spirit is with us. His peace and grace is with us. Everybody said out loud. Say, Father God, I don't resist you. I receive you. I submit myself to you. I humble myself before and under the mighty hand of God. And I'm willing, O Lord, to acknowledge the truth and to repent and to change in anything that I need to. Grant me repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and that I may walk in the light and please you fully in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Our time's up again. Let's say it like we do in closing. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I am strong in faith, giving glory to God. Yes, you are. Well, come back next time. We'll see you soon here in Faith School. I've sure enjoyed being with you again this week. We're growing and developing. I always at the end of the week like to give thanks to the Lord and to our partners that help us and believe with us and pray for us and sow into us. And we have a right to believe with you for your finances. Did you notice we're talking about repentance this week? And if you've made mistakes financially, you don't have to just live in the repercussions of that. God has mercy. There's been times Phyllis and I made a mistake financially, and we asked God to have mercy on us, and he did. He got us out of it just within a few months, and he'll do the same thing for you. Father, I pray over all of our partners and anybody listening uh, that's made mistakes financially, got themselves in a, in a jam, so to speak. We ask you for mercy. We repent, first of all, for making the mistake. If we'd have listened to you, we wouldn't have done that. But Lord, you're still merciful. We repent and ask you to have mercy on us, getting them out of those situations and give them the money they need to get out of it and the favor and the mercy to be spared. We ask for it in Jesus' name. And Satan, we bind you concerning all our partners. Holy Spirit, 
and, and ministering angels, cause it to come in in Jesus' name. Well, I'm believing with you. We're expecting with you. Don't despair. Help is on the way. Uh, we'll see you soon back here in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.